0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void were prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hey,
1: everybody. It's Dave here, Darren over there. We are two old bloggers. Been doing this publicly for over two decades apiece. And we're going to talk about your Minnesota Vikings and the fact that they're meeting the New York Jets, on the field of U.S. Bank Stadium tomorrow at noon to decide who's the better of the two teams. It's going to be a good one. But first, and I did not want to do that. There we go. Uh, we have three themes to talk about as usual. First theme today is, why is the Viking screen game seem to be so ineffective this season? And there are some possibilities of why that is. But we expected more, especially with Kevin O'Connell coming from the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams ran it well last year. But it just doesn't seem to be clicking so far this year. In the second theme, we're going to go, when is it all going to go wrong? We're Vikings fans. <laughs> we're fatalists. We know something's about to hit, don't we, from uh he hasn't missed a kick all season, you know, and then wide left, too. Oh, man, they're off to a 6-0 start, and then everybody ends up in the emergency room because they got injured some way and somehow, it's something always goes wrong. Vikings fans are looking for it. Should we be this season? I don't know. It's awful special. Finally, we're going to break down that Vikings versus Jets game. The Jets are damn good, especially on defense, and we'll get into that. But are they so on offense? They've got another backup quarterback playing in Mike White, and he had a fantastic game last week against the Chicago Bears. But I'll repeat that. Against the Chicago Bears. Is that going to translate against the Vikings? We'll see. We'll right see. Climb in the Pocket, the Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. Starting now. Hey everybody, it's Dave here, Darren over there. How are things up in the Great White North? Couldn't be better, Dave.
0: It's not Good. minus 34 Celsius today. So.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which it was yesterday. Um No wind chill, though, so there was that. (laughs) That
1: Sounds a little bit chilly to me. Yeah, it was very chilly. I was talking to uh, our favorite fan of the show, Miss Mary, and uh, down in Sioux Falls, uh, it was a bit brisk this morning, too. They were negative six wind chill this Mm. morning, and that's uh, cold. Luckily, I don't have that here in Texas, so...
0: No, you, I'm not no you do not. But you aren't.
1: everybody up there, they need to keep warm. Stay bundled up.
0: We're back to back to our regular week, though, Dave. Like last week, we had the funny thing where we had uh, the Thursday game. We didn't have any game preview. We're back to playing on Sunday again. Uh, so looking forward to this game.
1: Yes, me too. So speaking of which, let's get this started. We call this one another yeah. test. Because it is. The Vikings have played four out of the top five defenses, or will have played four of the five top defenses in the last four weeks, including this week. They played three games. They won two of those. Right Now we're going to play that fourth game against what PFF ranks as the number two ranked defense in the league, and it's going to be a test. It is going to be a big test. The Vikings came off. That horrible loss against the Dallas Cowboys with a test the next week against New England Patriots. They passed that test. This is the following week. Can they keep up that momentum? They are at home, and we shall see. But on to theme one. What's wrong with the screen game? <laughs>
0: Dave pressed his cough button in time this time. So, <laughs> We're almost I tried. Just in time. <laughs> I'm almost over
1: this cold. Almost.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you sound a lot better than last week, and 200 percent better than the week the week before, before. that. But, mm-hmm. but, 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 yeah, I, I think last week, um, Michael, Mike, Mike Harrington, one of our viewers, uh, commented a couple of times talking about how about doing a segment on the Vikings short passing game. Uh, I'm not quite sure what. Uh what, uh what what he, what he all meant about the short passing game of the vikings but i i'm going to i just thought it was i was going to focus on the 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 screen game uh which is something i've seen brought up by some other people who check out the show and other shows kind of like what's up why aren't the you know the screen game isn't very effective what's going on and i don't think it has been very effective dave and it, it's 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 uh and like you were saying early, early in the intro uh, Kevin O'Connell coming over from, from the Rams, uh, The we were expecting that we would have a very good short passing game, a good screen game, and particularly to wide receivers and, and the running backs. I mean, the wide receiver screen these days is a big, big part of a lot of NFL offenses now, uh, whether it's Kansas City, that team from Wisconsin the 49ers, the LA Rams, a lot of teams run, particularly um, um, run a do a lot of short passes, get the ball out quickly. Uh, and it, you know, essentially it's, it's a, a long handoff for these guys. Um, but, but better because um, you're, you, you're getting this long handoff out into space. There's not as many defenders around usually more real estate for the ball carrier to work with. And, um, you get it out quickly to a wide receiver, you, you bunch them up in, in, a, in a three bunch. Maybe it's three wide receivers, maybe it's two wide receivers and a tight end, but get that bunch formation. The quarterback gets the ball quickly, hits to one of the wide receivers, the other two block, and for most teams, like 80 to 90% of the time, that's a five-yard gain at least and sometimes a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um The question, and like you said, the Rams last year were very effective in that. That was very important to them, getting it to Cooper Cup and others. Uh, The run yards after the catch. But the Vikings, particularly the wide receiver screens, they just – we don't seem to – they don't look – we don't look very good running it. We don't uh, we don't do it a whole lot for one thing. And when we do, it seems like uh, more often than not, we're getting like negative to gains to no gains out of it. And that is just not what I was expecting. Uh, you've got there. Maybe you can explain, Dave, because uh, I think we were sharing these screens a bit. Uh, yes. You were sharing this uh, stats to me uh, yesterday to kind of. Uh, Illustrate well, the. I got Viking more depth struggles. in
1: it this morning, but yeah. uh, I'm not posting those spreadsheets up here. Um, but what this is, PFF, and their elite side, breaks down passing concepts by play action, no play action, screen, no screen. Okay, and in that, I took the attempts, the completions, and the yards per attempt, and you can see under play action. The Vikings do decently at 6.2 yards. The um no play action, they do even better at 6.9. The no screens, they do even better than that at 7. But in the screens, they're only getting 3.7 yards. And that's whether it's a tight end screen, uh, screen to Dalvin Cook, screen to the wide receivers, whatever. It's 3.7 yards. That is... League-wise, is not good, and I do have those numbers. I don't have them to show you, but I do have those numbers, and we'll refer to them. There are, they also break it down by passing depth. And on this one, the numbers, if you try to add them up, they don't add up, because the passing depth one doesn't always include screens. It also includes other passes that are short. You can see they break it by down left side of the field, center of the field, right side of the field and you could see that the worst place we have is in the center of the field at 3.3 and the other is the right side at 3.8 yards um it's uh so there's a problem there now the question is where does the problem come from where do you think we're getting this? Why, why are those numbers low?
0: Well, that is, that is, I think the question that I you know, I was looking for you to, yeah, like, I like, I don't know. Is it because, is, is it because uh, you know, there's a few things, right? Is it because uh, our wide receivers are not uh, as good a blockers as some of those other teams that run it effectively? Uh it, you know, if you're going to have a bunch three three bunch formation and two of those wide receivers are blocking, they got to win their blocks, yeah. and 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 you know maybe that's part of the problem. Uh, last week uh, on uh, some of the screens, uh, on some of the replays it showed that our offensive linemen weren't getting out into space. To pick off some some guys that defenders coming in on angles. Uh I don't know if that's been a problem consistently, but it was last week, uh last Thursday night against uh the, the Patriots. And um uh, and so that's you well know, that's where those are the two things
1: comes from. If you see you've got Ezra and you've got Ed yeah. out leading in front of um Dalvin Cook. But as you can see, they're out going for a block. Ezra's got a guy you can see the guy's foot and hand Ed's about to hit probably the same guy, but it doesn't matter because you got three Dallas Cowboys already in the process of tackling Cook. Yeah, so the timing seems a little wacky.
0: Yes, and that and for a screen game, you know, timing is very important uh, because you've you got to get the ball out quick. It's got to be accurate. Uh, sometimes you got to throw over defenders or uh, entice them to come in and then and bait them and then throw over them. So there's a lot of timing and and that. Offensive linemen getting out, they've got to orchestrate that properly, make sure they're not going downfield too early, all of those things. Uh, But, yeah, something's off with this, David, and it's uh, it's unfortunate for the Vikings because, um, as you saw against, when you were, and I think you're,
1: I am hear you now. It would make the offense that much better. uh, Well, yeah. And talking about better, if we're looking at teams that are better, you brought up the 49ers. Right? Because we're looking at some of the teams that we could face or not possibly face, but let's look at teams in the NFC. The 49ers, they, uh, they have a yards per attempt on screens of 6.1 yards. So, and that's generally, if I remember correctly, the average yards per game on a pass. That's why passing is more efficient than running, is about 6.1 yards. So you're getting that average. Uh, You wanted to talk about the Rams. The Rams are 6.1, even though this year they're not doing as great. If you look at the Cheeseheads on the other side of the border, they're even doing better at 5.4 yards. Like I said, the Vikings are sitting there at, what was it, 3.7? 3.7
0: it was, yeah.
1: Do you know where that ranks in the league? Do you remember?
0: I'm guessing it, well, like – I don't remember exactly, but it's got to rank like 30th or 31st or. Exactly. Yeah.
1: 30th. Yeah. There's only two teams that are worse. Now, there are teams that are better. Best team in the league is the Titans. They average 10 yards per screen. Now, that has to do with who they're throwing to, I'm sure, but it also has to deal with the linemen and how they play it, how they scheme it. And some teams throw more screens than others. Um, yeah. When you're talking total amounts, the Green Bay Packers have thrown the most. They've thrown 79 this season, right? Whereas the Vikings, and you
0: only got to watch it, you only got to watch one Green Bay game to see, to realize that because uh, it seems like half of their passes this year have been you know short mm-hmm. wide receiver
1: screens. Oh, um, and uh, whereas we've thrown 43, uh, swerve 95. Yes, uh, we should be a little bit worried about the. Jets game, and we'll get into the Jets and theme three in particular. And Mr. Tudot, thanks for joining us. Uh, you think your Jets are gonna soar over us, Vikings? That's gonna be an interesting debate, especially tomorrow at noon. But back to the screens. The lowest screen team is the Miami Dolphins, believe it or not. They've only thrown yeah. 15 all season. So it's it it depends on scheme, what you're trying to do what your assets are, as to how good a screen game you have. But a lot of it, it literally comes down to timing. You've got to get whoever's – the basic, easiest way to think of what is a screen versus just a pass out to a wide receiver who's out there. And we have plays like those, right, where, say, Justin Jefferson lines up out way on the edge, close to the sideline. He's looking – If that cornerback's way the heck off, say, like at 10 yards back, he can look at Kirk, Kirk can look at him, and they can do a, "Mm -hmm," you know, type deal, and Kirk gets the ball, immediately turns around, throws it to him, right? Behind the line of scrimmage pass, and then he's got to make up that difference. He has no blockers. The deal with the screen is the screen takes time to set up because you're moving blockers out there. You're taking linemen generally, linemen, you can take wide receivers, but it's generally linemen. It's generally your guards. That's why in this picture you have Ezra and Ed, but it's generally your guards, can be your center, can be your tackles. It depends who, how they've got it schemed up. But they've got to move and snap the ball. They've got to pull, which is a step back, open up, go down the line of scrimmage to get to where they need to go. If that timing is a little bit off, then everything gets messed up. Or if defenders can read that coming, and there may be some tells out there that we're, mm-hmm. we haven't picked up on, but opposing defenses have that they can read that, and then they know to come up or go to that side. Corners know to come up; they know how to defeat it, avoid a block, get the get the the receiver or running back or whoever's got the ball. Get him down and for short game. And that makes that play ineffective or minimally effective. You want him to go you want a screen to go more than six yards. And they're oh, not yeah. getting it this year. And I think it's timing. I think it's literally a timing thing. Timing's a bit off.
0: Yeah. And it's and it's unfortunate, Dave, because uh that's that screen game, whether it be to the running backs or the wide receivers, uh I think that would have come in if we had a, an effective one. That would have been, come in quite handy against Dallas because uh, you can use the defenses aggressiveness against them uh, by getting that sh- those short throws out and you know you know giving your quarterback a throw where he doesn't have to stand in the pocket at all or make even a difficult throw. You, you make it easier on your line and they don't really have to block anybody uh, mm-hmm. at the line of scrimmage and they don't have to hold their blocks long. They're, then they get some of them get out at space and they like doing that. <laughs> you know picking off smaller guys and uh, <laughs> and and so uh and in the playoffs we're going to be facing defenses like the mm-hmm. 49ers like the Cowboys uh potentially and uh, so you know on i think an effective screen game is something you know, short Completely the short filling. passing game yeah, the short passing game is going to be something that the the offense is it'd it come in really handy. But I just don't know at this point in the season uh, whether you can fix something like that and you can you can get significantly better. at it you you think you? they got to be working on it. They, they know it's a weakness. The, the stats are out there. But, uh, you know, 11 games in, we haven't really seen any improvement in the screen game. And, um, you know, 2019, well, yeah. the the, yeah. the Vikings had a, had a very good, uh, you know, screen game, particularly to the running backs. It seems like since then, we haven't really been as effective with it. And I thought under the new regime, that things would be different and that the wide receiver screens would be more part of the, uh, of the, of the offense. And it, and uh, they, as you say, we're not throwing a lot of screens. And when we do throw them, they're, we're not very effective on them. So it's one of those weaknesses with, with this offense. And, uh, you know, we hope they can get it together, but, uh, they got, uh, their, the time's running out for them to do so.
1: Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. And we'll find out. Well, that brings us the, to the end of theme one, which brings us to Lewis and badass Woodart. Lewis is busy. I talked to him just about an hour or so ago. He is busy finishing up his little skull signs, a whole batch of those, and he's got. You can order and use the the promo code Holidays, and you'll get fifteen percent off. Or you can pro, order and use the promo code CT Pocket and get twenty percent off. That's the way to go. He makes brilliant beautiful stuff out of wood and if you want it for your man cave for your woman hut or whatever they call their things <laughs> by all means get it makes a great great christmas present and you can have it sounds now like lewis
0: is making a lot of those as well He is
1: now two. on to theme two Pardon me. Talking is what's bothering me. You are right? pardoned. All right. You wanted to know, when will it all go wrong? Yeah,
0: Dave, you were just uh, uh, t- saying that I must have been in a, a weird mood when I was writing my notes <laughs> for the game. It, I think maybe it was a little bit negative. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I just was was interested. It wanted something I want to get off my chest and also thought like maybe some of our viewers uh, – get their thoughts on it as well and see if if they're feeling the same or they think that it's all hogwash but um you know it's been a very enjoyable season clearly you know the vikings are nine and two so uh, winning on a sunday or a thursday uh, makes for making for a great work week rest of the week for for viking fans like myself but i've been finding lately that like there, i've had this there's been something Almost like a sense of dread has almost been creeping into into me, where um, I'm kind of I'm wondering, like again, when is this dream season going to go south uh, and 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 go bad? And maybe it's the Vikings fan in me. I've seen too much over the years. Too many things go wrong, uh, and I'm always expecting the worst and hoping for the best. But you know, just the way that this Vikings team. Uh, has performed uh this year that you know they're winning all the time which mm-hmm. is great but again it's they're winning but it's the way that they're winning that maybe is a got this me got this feeling in me that something like is it all a mirage are we can we keep it up uh winner when are, winner when are all of those one uh score games going to turn the other way for us uh when are we going to get like a string of injuries that knocks out a bunch of starters significantly on a team that doesn't have a lot of uh, you know doesn't have a lot of quality depth uh th- those are the kind of things that are like when are we gonna when are well, we some saw of those that in
1: 2016 right yeah. we start out 6-0 and and then everybody in the offensive line just falls apart yeah. All sorts of injuries, and we we're pulling guys out of seven eleven by the end of it. And it's just, and you can't maintain. We, the like I said, Vikings fans have been through it all. You know, the great kicking, two thousand nine with Favre, everything going great, and then twelve men in a huddle, and he throws the interception across his body. You know, just all those things play, and it, it makes for very much for a fatalistic point of view. You know, when's that next shoe going to drop? Is this a mirage? Yeah,
0: I, for for me, it, it, when I'm watching every Vikings game this year, as a lot of us on on this, that are on the show do, but uh, you, you look at how the Vikings win, uh, it's not, hey, G-Mac, welcome aboard. Uh, glad to have me on. But you, you, when I look at the way the Vikings have won, uh, you know, you, you'd think even this week, you know, we're nine and two. We're, we're facing, and the, the Jets are 7-4. and four. We're at home. We're 9-2. and two, We're facing the Jets. No no offense, people, but I'm looking, you know, the past decade have not been very good for you guys. Uh, I should be feeling pretty confident about this game. I should be feeling like the Vikings are, are going to be uh, a, a decisive, uh, get a decisive victory here. I do not feel that way, uh, and that's partly because the Jets are much better than they have been in, in several years, but still, uh, I feel like that, like every, I felt like that for, you know, several games now and all the remaining ones coming up, I'm like, you know, the way the Vikings play, it's all, the games are usually always close. doesn't seem to matter who we play. We don't, we don't win we don't often we don't, we don't dominate. And it, and it feels Except like it when you're not in
1: Bay in the first game.
0: Yeah. And it feels like if a nine and two team should be, you'd think, you know, they should be dominant, right? You're, we've got we're tied for the second best mm-hmm. record in the National Football League.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, you would think so.
0: But I but I just don't feel that way, and it's and it's kind of weird. And I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but uh, you know I don't have a good feeling about tomorrow's game. Uh, but it, well, but asked, I should. We're not in two.
1: You asked if it's a mirage. The one thing that uh, the Talking Heads have been talking about all week is they dove into the fourth quarter numbers. Mm-hmm. Fourth quarter, the Vikings have been dominant. They've been dominant on the offensive side of the ball, and they've been dominant on the defensive side of the ball. Right? They've held their, I think, the number one defense in the fourth quarter at holding uh, a team for not scoring points. And they are like one, two, three, four, or five on the offensive side. And we know Kirk Cousins leads the league in comebacks, fourth quarter comebacks this season. But it's that they're number one in opening drive, right? The scripted plays, yeah, bam, 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 boom, seven points. And then it's that. Oh, wait a minute! What happens between then and in the fourth quarter? You know, we may score a couple, we may not score a couple, but we usually score a couple. Get up, and then we let them back in, and then we're suddenly behind. And it's like, wait a minute, why? We we have not seen. Yet a full, complete game where everything's played well from start to finish. Could we see it tomorrow? Yeah, we could. Brian's worried about uh, the old line Will they be under siege tomorrow? On paper, they're going to be under siege. It's going to be their, probably their toughest test of the season so far, especially with Derrissaw out. Um, yeah, But... Can they play well enough and can they scheme well enough to make it so it's not a big deal? Yes. Absolutely. So have we seen that yet? We've seen it in spurts and we see it in the fourth quarter, but we haven't seen it the whole game. We see it the whole game. See, that's where that's where my optimism comes in. Mm-hmm. Is, uh I remember I left my red light on that's why my face is red um <laughs> that uh my optimism comes in because there is room to improve we've seen them play at those levels but they have not put it all together as a whole I think if they start and especially if they you know they're working up to it and get to of that in the playoffs will be will be deadly in the playoffs
0: well, like uh, you know, G. Max saying, and uh, and one thing that <clears throat> part of my fatalism is, is or the, they, you know, I don't want the Vikings. They've had such a great start to the to the year, and the season's been going so well. You're you're at nine and two, uh, but what you don't want to do is then uh, go into the playoffs on like where you've played 500 football the last six games of the season, and you're not really ascending going into the playoffs, like what's happening with the 49ers right now where uh, you know they had some lots of injury issues and quarterback issues early in the season they were a sub 500 team now they're now that they got most everybody back uh, then they traded for Christian McCaffrey now they're cooking with gas and they're they seem to be like getting stronger as the season goes on that's what i want to see from the vikings uh and 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 uh, we may very well see it see it like you said uh we haven't played our best football yet yeah uh, but
1: we are and I think all except for the Dallas game, we have improved somewhat. Mm. Uh, you take getting TJ Hawkinson, right, trading, crazy trading for TJ, us getting TJ. TJ has now caught more balls than any tight end, and after a trade, he's doing great. He scored touchdowns. He's getting stuff. We'll, uh, TJ is will be one of those keys to victory. We'll get into it in the next segment, but Things like that have helped improve, and I see the incremental stuff. Now, the injuries to Derisaw, to Tomlinson, to Dansler, to Evans, yes, they have affected some of that play, but the team is getting relatively healthy again. Knock on wood, they stay that way.
0: And the, the other thing about the Vikings is that that should be a cause for optimism. Even for me is that, uh, however you feel about the Vikings, Kevin O'Connell's team has nine out of the 11 weeks that we've played. They have found a way, a way to win, uh, whether it's like, you know, excelling in late game situations, uh, getting off to quick starts with the first drive, uh, like you say, it, it, excelling at the, in the last three minutes of the first half, uh, on, on offense and in, in particular, um, The turnover battle, not turning the ball over a whole lot, not taking a lot of penalties, uh, far fewer than a lot, you know, the vast majority of the NFL. So there there are those little things that they've been doing last season yes there's those things that they've they've been doing them and they haven't just been doing them for a stretch of games that's been consistent the whole year mm-hmm. uh so uh whether you think that that's sustainable or not so far after through eleven games it has been sustained, and I expect that that will continue and maybe that's that's Viking's ball this year, and that's that's the kind of the uh, you know the things that they need that that's that's going to keep can continue to carry them through uh I just like everybody says I'd be like to. I just like to see uh a little bit more comfortable wins uh, and uh and I guess more consistent strong play from special teams offense and defense throughout a whole game, but that's what all fans want i guess but but yeah again, Kevin O'Connell's team keep, keeps on finding a way to win uh, and maybe they'll end so. I don't know. I, maybe I shouldn't be doubting them, uh, uh, but uh, I think as a team, they're they're used to getting doubted this year because lots of people don't think they're ne- not. N- lots of people think that they're not nearly as good as their record uh, oh, indicates that they are. Especially
1: nationally, when it comes to the press and everybody else, they think uh, they think they're fraudulent. Mm-hmm. And uh, fine, think that way. Yeah, I, I don't care. They're going to win the division. Right? I'm going to have to get a new division t-shirt. You are, a Conference yes. t-shirt, and I want a Super Bowl t-shirt this year. But it's let them think that way. As long as the Vikings go out there and find ways to win, and they've done that this year. Nine and two, and they've found ways to win. Period. It's all, all that matters. The two games, you call the Dallas Cowboy game a mulligan. Because literally, I think that's what it was. I think if we played them again, it would be different. Uh, and of so- course, <laughs> the Eagles game—that uh, was early when things weren't as gelled. So, uh, and the learning new seasons is week two, fully understandable. I'm going to see them again in the NFC Championship, hopefully in our house. Um, but we'll go there. Yes, GMAC proved them wrong, and we're doing great. I'm hopefully just about over with this cold, but it's not doing well with me talking today. Now, that brings us to our favorite part, my favorite part of the show, where we talk about Lake Monster beer. Guess what I'm drinking today? Lake Monster Depth Charge IPA. It's one of my favorites. Matt sent it to me. Got it last night. Appreciate it, Matt. Very, very very much. Matt and I talked a little while ago. We're talking about English special bitters that uh, hopefully he'll attempt to brew one, but they've got uh, their great beer on tap and as usual, basically same as last week. The only thing I have different this week is that uh, the hard seltzer and the pints they have labeled now. You can get it in mango lemonade, or tangerine if you are a seltzer person. Other than that, everything is exactly the same. I He did send a can of raspberry sour and blackberry sour, which I'm going to try a little bit later, because uh, I've never had a sour ale. I don't know what it tastes like. It should be fun. We will find out. But the big thing that they have on tap, pun intended, hmm. next Sunday, Not tomorrow, but the following Sunday. Vikings are on the road. They're on the road playing the Detroit Lions, right? It's a noon game. Well, you can go to Lake Monster and knock two things out at once. Two. It's a twofer. You can go there and watch the game and drink fabulous beer, right? But you can also go there because they're holding the holiday market. And they have artisans Boom. from all over the local area. They're going to be selling all sorts of local stuff, local made arts and crafts, local pieces of art um, that they make right there on the premises. And if you buy $75 worth of said artist stuff, you get free beer. I always like free beer, right? You're getting a discount and you're getting free beer. Got to love that. and. Not only that, you can't tell me you're done Christmas shopping yet. There is always, always something that you forget. That last-minute gift, or that gift for yourself, for that matter. Why not go down there and get yourself something cool, classy, handmade, absolutely beautiful, have beer, and watch the Vikings on their big-screen TVs at the same time? Can't beat that with a stick. Lake Monster Brewing over in St. Paul, right across the river. Easy to find, easy to get to, and fabulous beer. Great people, great times. You'll love it. That brings us to Theme 3. Our music is back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. all right, we're going to talk. We'll go into the Vikings versus the Jets. Donnie, thank you for having a shot. I uh, appreciate it. It would probably do a lot better on my voice. <laughs> uh, Mary needs two because uh, she's not drinking at the moment either. Um, so she's getting better as well. She's got this same old crud. There is. We're looking at, first off, the Vikings' offense versus the defense. We're going through our normal setup where we first talk about power rankings from PFF. Power rankings have the Vikings' offense 12 and going down. Okay, fine. They have, this is the big deal, they have the Jets' defense power-ranked second in the league. They're good, and we'll tell you why in a bit. Vikings offense, when it comes to football, outsiders are 20th and going down, 20th overall, 20th in the pass, 20th in the run. Well, at least they're consistent. Uh, jets are 4th overall, 5th in the pass, 6th in the r- against the run. When it comes to Elias Sports Bureau, Elias Sports Bureau is the official company that gives all those back-in-the-paper the box score stats. The stuff you find on ESPN and NFL.com and CBS.com, those stats. They have the Vikings 17th going down in yards, 7th gets the pa- uh, passing offensively, 26th, only 26 in rushing, 12th in points. Now, we bumped into the top 10 for a little bit this season, and we've dropped back down to 12. We have taken 28 sacks. Not all of them go to Ed Ingram, but a chunk of them do. <clears throat> um, we're 10th in uh, turnovers, giving away 12 so far this season. The defense, Elias, has them fifth in yards, eighth against the pass, 12th against rushers, fourth in points given up. Seventh in the league with sacks with thirty-four. They are ninth on turnover differential with plus two, and they are twelfth with fifteen takeaways. The line is uh, the Vikings are favored by three. Over/under is forty-four and a half, and the line has stayed pretty steady all week long. The interesting
0: about those. uh those offensive stats, Dave. Just for a second, mm-hmm. on like the particularly yeah. football outsiders and PFF uh, saying, you know, have us our offense going down after last week's game. Uh, as you know, like football outsiders, uh, the strength of the the opponent that you face factors into your mm-hmm. your, your rankings. And we faced a pretty good defense by uh, last week, and we moved the ball. I thought pretty well, and we scored twenty six points. <laughs> uh, I don't had count. A great defense. Uh, yeah, I, I don't count uh, Wang Chung's kickoff return as offensive, uh, as the offense scoring points. But but anyway, so I'm a bit surprised that we actually went down. I would have thought that we would have went up uh, based on the defense that we were facing. But anyway, that's just me.
1: No, but that's the rest of the country saying ah, they're fragile. They're not that good. Yeah. So believe will with it. Flipping over yeah. the other side of the ball. Vikings defense is up to thirteen on the power rankings. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> PFF likes our spoken. defense. Yeah. Pro Football Outsiders, on the other hand, does not. They got him 23rd overall, 27th against pass, 16th against the run. When it comes to PFF, the Jets offense is 29th. Whereas Mr. was it uh Tuda Tuda talking about how his Jets are gonna do. Uh, offensive power ranking at 29th. Not so sure. Um DVOA for Football Outsiders has them 18th overall, 19th in the pass, 12th in the run, and we know they have issues at quarterback. They did bring in Mike White. Backup quarter last week, he did well against the Chicago Bears. When it comes to your basic box score stats, Vikings are 31st of defense going down with yards. They allow a lot of yards. We know that. It drives us absolutely Bat shit crazy. They allow the teams to march down, and then they're good in the red zone. Um, they're 32nd against passing. Last time I checked, there's okay. The one, 32 teams in the league, so that's not good. Um, they're 14th against the Rush. That should get even better because we got Dalvin Tomlinson back this week. Um, and then uh, that just expanded. Now it's shrinking. And uh, so, and Vikings defense is third um, in turnovers. They have uh, plus six d- differential. Fifth in takeaways with 18 they their 14th in sacks. They have 29. Over on the Jets' side, when it comes to their offense, they're 22nd in yards, 22nd in passing, 20th in rushing, 20th in points. They've given up 26 sacks. That's going to increase tomorrow. And they've given up their 13th, given up 13 turnovers. So, yes, the Jets' defense is very, very good. The offense, uh, we'll have to see. Then we get to special teams. Special teams going up. Wang Chung's kick return, Kene Longus. Kick return helps that. Uh, Of course, Mr. Wright and his beautiful, beautiful punts. People get tired of me saying, you know, when we go over what are the highlights of the game and we go over the highlights of the game, of course, Mr. Wright is just booming it. He is, I think, leading or running up. And when it comes to Pro Bowl votes for a putter, he should be. He's that good. Uh, Greg Joseph, on the other hand, he's going to give us a heart attack.
0: And, and Ryan Wright's probably, uh, uh, well, I've not probably, uh, I, I guess depending on how you view punters, but Ryan Wright's been our top rookie this year.
1: <laughs> and, and right. there, there very well could be an argument made for that. Yes, there could. Um, Donnie's scheme and the Vikings is not bad. Defense is not bad. Create turnovers. And uh, between the 20s, they're ranking to build BS stats in the garbage center. Um, defense is not bad, and they do grab turnovers. They're very opportunistic. And yes, they stop. They move stuff in between the 20s, a loud movement, but then it shuts down. And especially in the, the fourth quarter when it matters the most. Now, onto the injury report the boo boos. All right, for the Vikings, Christian Darasaw has been announced, will be out again. He is progressing through the protocols from his second concussion. In a row, he's almost there, but they're going to keep him out for safety reasons. He will be out tomorrow. We, mu- we will probably see him against the Lions. Also, uh, tight end Ben Ellison, who's been on IR, came off IR, and we back to active, is still not quite ready. He is out. And defensive tackle Ross Blacklock has, I think, this crud. It's been going around for the last few weeks. Um, Kevin O'Connell said he's getting better, but he doesn't think he's quite right. They have him as questionable, but you might throw that up as as doubtful or unlikely is what it sounded like to me. When it comes to the Jets, the Jets have safety Ashton Davis. He is out, ruled out. Running back Michael Carter is doubtful. Right tackle Cedric Ogabehe is doubtful. And left tackle Dwayne Brown is questionable. Hopefully those big boys aren't playing, and it makes it all the easier for Darius Smith and Daniel Hunter. And that ends up your generic slides. <laughs> so, but I did want to put it put out that the, the Jets defense is has the third lowest rate. Allowed against wide receivers. They've got a very good trio of corners, all three starting. And I have images of them, but did I get them loaded? No, I didn't. Um, From their two outside and their nickel are all three very, very good corners. Obviously, Sauce Gardner is the headliner there. Jets defense has the third lowest rate against tight ends, which is an interesting stat. I don't think that's going to matter with T.J. Hawkinson because we talked about their weak points are linebackers and safeties. That intermediate across the middle, I think we're going to pick on that all day, and uh, that's going to happen. How does an offensive tackle get a concussion? Uh, he gets hit in the head or he slams his head against the turf, one of the two, and both work. I've had them both. And it does work. You can have, you can get knocked. It's a concussion is when the brain you're hit and the brain moves and smashes the skull. Basically from the inside causes a bruise. That generally is what causes a concussion. It can come from a whiplash at the back of a, you know, the turf or getting hit sideways or whatever. And there's, you're more susceptible on the sides than you are say, in the forehead. Um, but you can also get it in the back. But it's literally the brain moving inside your skull, and uh, smacking up, and it, it it literally almost bruises it, and it does it bad enough, it'll knock you out. That's what causes it. Z Mac, uh, get ready to update your shirt. Yes, Purple Haze. I have already said that today. I look forward to buying the 2022 NFC North Division champs. Speaking of which, all we got to do is win tomorrow, and have the Lions do the Lions things against the. I think they're playing the Jags. Um, yes, they are.
0: Vikings win, and either Lions loss or tie tie, and we clinch the division tomorrow. Yeah, mm-hmm. week thirteen, which yeah. would be the earliest. Uh, I think the earliest the division has been clinched in quite some time. <laughs>
1: um, Gmac, yes, uh, blocking. A lot of times there's helmet 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 to helmet. Well, if you're run blocking, you're you're firing out. Yeah, you got your arms out and you got your shoulder out, but a lot of times because the defender's going this way and you're going that way, it sometimes makes contact. It does happen. It's generally not the top of the head. Um, it's not a spearing type deal. It's a it's it's usually sides. If you get hit in the side. Um, or like I said, if you hit the turf and bam, that happens a lot. So, uh, you want to talk about Mike White? I can find his picture. I've made enough of them. Did you freeze on me, Darren? Oh no! Darren froze on me. Because we we're gonna talk about Mike White. Mike White, the there he comes. He's coming back. There we go. Wondered where the hell you were. I'm sitting there talking, and you disappeared. Wi-Fi went out suddenly, but I'm yeah. back. You're back. Where are we? <laughs> Mike White.
0: <laughs> this bubble. Well, yes. Yeah, no, uh, the uh, jets... Uh, Wanted to talk about it. Hit on a few points here with the Jets Vikings heading into the game. Um, guy on the screen right now, uh, Mike White, uh, had an excellent game last week uh, after he was uh, re- replaced Zach Wilson as the, the Jets' starting quarterback. Uh, he completed almost 79% of those passes he threw against the Bears. Threw for three touchdowns, no interceptions, 315 yards. Uh, so... Uh, it's amazing, Dave, when an athlete in New York has a big game, how all of a sudden he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And that's what I've been reading all week Mike White, this, Mike White, that, Mike White, you know, I don't know. That was is only the his fifth
1: this? start. Yeah. And how uh, many years? Um, he's been in a He's 27.
0: League. Yeah, he's 27. Uh, it, yeah, it's been, that's, this is, last week was the fifth NFL game he's appeared in, regular season game. Um so let's slow the Pro Bowl Mike White Pro Bowl talk here for a little bit. Uh, and like you mentioned, he played the Bears, uh, who are not exactly a strong team this year. The Bears team without Justin Fields, um, mm-hmm. you got to take that into consideration. Mm-hmm, but uh, uh, and uh, but uh, I was watching, uh, but you know that still, when you put up the kind of stats that Mike White did last week, uh, that that catches people's attention. And I don't think after I watched the condensed game, uh, and I've watched some other jets games this year as well, when Zach Wilson was a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's pretty clear to me, even after one game that I'd much prefer, prefer if Zach Wilson was starting this game against the Vikings, than Mike white, um, Pete Bertic from the, the Vikings radio, uh, uh, mm-hmm. and a color guy. Uh, he, he has a weekly film session thing on the Vikings Entertainment Network. I watched that. He kind of broke down Mike White's uh, game and what he's good at. And what he, was, uh, he stressed, his takeaways on Mike White was that Mike White is very good at recognizing things pre-snap. Uh, and if defenses do not dis- do a good job disguising what their coverage is and what defense they're running pre-snap, he's great at recognizing uh, what they're going to do and what and what receiver is going to be open with that coverage, and he can execute. What Bertrich said also was part of his takeaways is that. Uh, so, uh, but what White is not good at is that if defenses do a good job disguising what they're doing, mix things up. If they for And they get him a little bit confused, so he can't make those good pre-snap reads. He is not good thinking on the fly, making decisions on the fly, and he makes a lot of bad throws and mistakes if he gets confused and, is, uh, and if the defense, again, mixes things up and doesn't tell him, you know, uh, telegraph what they're doing pre-snap. And if you get him moving in the pocket again, he's prone to making bad throws. Um, the issue, though, was that last week the Bears did not really disguise what they were doing uh, very well at all and Mike White sliced and diced them to the tune of 315 yards and 3 touchdown passes
1: well I think uh, our defense has the ability to do that they've got a bunch of old heads Patrick Peterson, Harrison Smith uh, you know Kendricks etc veteran guys that know how to adjust and keep things hidden and I think Especially Patrick Peterson when he talks about, well, I know if he's looking here, I can bait him this way, right? I think you're going to see a lot of that tomorrow. And Mike White's history was he'd come out, have a fantastic game, everything was great, and then the next game he'd throw four or five interceptions. And, be and last year,
0: yeah. And last year, he in his last start against mind you was against the Bills, but he did have a four interception game, no touchdown passes thrown, and four interceptions thrown. Uh, that was not a good uh, time for him. Nobody seemed to be uh, touting him as a Pro Bowler last year after that game. Uh, but uh, but it, you you you, know, you have to take so uh, you have to take the the competition he faced last week into consideration. The other thing that really went in his favor and the Jets' favor was that. The Bears were starting Trevor Simeon at quarterback, and they couldn't get anything done on offense after the first two drives. So uh, Mike White was getting the ball in good field position, uh, and he was facing, uh, I think, a team that was demoralized by about the time the second half came. Uh, By about week two. Yeah, they they knew they were out of it. They knew they weren't coming back with Trevor Simeon as a quarterback, and and Trevor Simeon couldn't get an offense uh-huh. going to 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 threaten them. So there's that. But but Mike White's going to get rid of the ball quickly. That's what the Jets are going to do. He's going to get the, out the ball quickly. Uh, you have concerns about Ed Donatel. Uh, you know, what I've seen from him throughout the whole year is that he does not really, he's got a philosophy, he's got a defensive system, and he's sticking to it. Uh, he's not going to be rushing five or six guys uh, at white, I don't think. I think he's going to do the, stick you know, with the zone the coverage, stick with, stick with the normal four. He's going to be... Uh, He's going to be depending on Daniil Hunter and Zedaria Smith to have big days rushing the passer and flush Mike White out of the pocket and get him rattled. He's going to be depending on uh, Dal- Dalvin Tomlinson coming back and that making a difference to our to our defense. Uh, he's going to be depending on – he's going to try to – his defensive system is all about, I think, limiting, limiting big plays, explosive plays. So you're going to, again – You're going to see, I think, Mike White's going to complete a lot of passes tomorrow. Uh, Every quarterback we've faced this year uh, has, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent, they've been able to have complete a lot of passes against us. Uh, So the the, the Jets are probably going to be, I expect that they're going to rack up some yards. But... Dontell's going to be like he's going to be uh, again force them to grind it out. Uh, maybe they'll get a penalty here and there or not execute on a play and get them down uh, in bad situations and down in distance. That'll submarine a couple of drives. Uh we'll get a couple of turnovers like we haven't had too many the past couple of weeks, but prior to that we were on a pretty good string of turnovers, so it's so going to be looking let it like a turnover Smith Smith battle.
1: Or Patrick Peterson uh you know all those guys were racking up some interceptions. Fumble recoveries, Eric Kendricks, you know, we could use a few more. And I anticipate some tomorrow. I would call that. I would bet on that. But we get at least one turnover from the defense.
0: Yes. Uh, I, I think after two, couple of weeks where we didn't, I don't think we had a turnover last week or against the the, the Cowboys game. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, we're, we're probably due for one or two, I think. Uh, so that's going to be important, but uh Expect Mike White again to complete a fair amount of passes. Expect the Jets to move the ball more than we would like. Uh, just about every team that, that that the Vikings defense has gone, every offense the Vikings offense defense has gone up against this year, uh, we have done that. Uh, but um, but still, um, and I think that uh, Mike White is going to try to exploit that that mm-hmm. middle area. Uh, Beyond where the linebackers drop and in front of our safeties going deep, like Mac Jones did last week and the Patriots did several times, I think he's going to try to exploit that area when he can. Um, and but is this the game, David, where uh, as Donatell's defense uh, plays, you know, just completely shuts them down because the, the Jets aren't a great offense they haven't been a great mm-hmm. offense all year uh i don't think that mike white is a superstar uh he looked good against the bears last week but uh, their run game is you know it's okay um but they've got some faceless guys mm-hmm. back there nobody had, they lost Brees hall and they've got some face michael carter is their number two guy he might not be playing tomorrow uh, so i don't know how effective their run game is going to be but uh but still it doesn't seem to matter what offense we play, what quarterback we play. We give up a lot of yards, uh, give up a lot of completions. Uh, sometimes we don't – but a lot of times we don't give up a lot of points.
1: <laughs> and, if I remember uh, correctly, uh, they have a decent wide receiver, Garrett Wilson. Yeah,
0: Wilson is an impressive rookie and you know, he's got well over 50 catches this year. And, and his rear is even more impressive when you consider that he's had Zach Wilson throwing on the ball for the, the majority of it. So imagine if he had a real quarterback throwing in the ball, what his stats would be like, but, but he's an impressive rookie. He looks very refined. He doesn't look like a rookie at all, really. And, uh, but he, one of those good mm-hmm. wide receivers coming out of Ohio state out of college these days, um, he, he and and he's really the the big name on the on the Jets Tony offense right now mm-hmm. because uh the the other wide receivers whether it be Denzel Mims, Braxton Berrios, Corey Davis. None of those guys are, are players that really uh, teams are scared of, even the Vikings. Yep. But th- that's the that's the Jets offense side of things, but I think through well, we, know, we know kind of we know what the yeah, we know what we know what the the what the Vikings defense brings, I think uh, this year for the remainder of the way it 's really our offense that 's going to con- continue to carry us and get us the wins. I think the defense we 're going to depend on them to uh, you know come up with key plays at key times like they have, but really if we 're going to win continue to be successful and keep on winning like we have it 's really the offense that 's going to carry the day and it 's going to have to do that again tomorrow, but it 's going to have to do it against a very good, very very good Jets defense, like you were saying. We already put up the rankings, uh, like guys like Soft Gardner up there. But what really scares me, so we'll see how much Soft Gardner is on Justin Jefferson. That's going to be a very interesting.
1: That uh, is interesting. Very interesting matchup. Shadow him, but Soft yeah. gardener hasn't shadowed at all this season. He's he they play sides, mm-hmm. and DJ Reed, who's on the other side, is good, right? Yes. and so they may just play sides, and then it comes down to the brain game as to how Kevin O'Connell is going to scheme Justin Jefferson open. And if Justin Jefferson is not open, if everybody's following Justin Jefferson, are we going to see Adam Thielen squared out the side or T.J. Hawkinson over the middle, which I think we'll see a lot of, you're going to see a, lot, a ton of that tomorrow. But the big premier uh uh hype of this game is Sauce Gardner versus Justin Jefferson. All right, Sauce Gardner's a rookie and he's playing fantastic, right? As a cornerback. I think he's gonna get schooled tomorrow. Now, is he gonna is Sauce Gardner gonna do relatively well against JJ? Sure. But I think there's gonna be times where JJ schools him and then We'll find out. Now, is Sauce Gardner my biggest worry on that defense? Is he your biggest worry on that defense?
0: Sauce Gardner is not my biggest worry on defense, David. Uh, And actually, like you said, I I don't think that Sauce Gardner is going to uh shut down Justin Jefferson and he may not be on Justin Jefferson a lot anyway, but it it it's a matchup people are going to bring up. But really I think the most important matchup is is going to be on the interior, uh where we're facing Quinn and Williams who is having like an outstanding, outstanding year. Eight sacks, gonna be a pro bowler. Uh he's really moved play upped his game to a level under a new Jets head coach head Robert Sala. And uh that, and it's not just Williams. Like that whole front four mm-hmm. on on the Jets. Uh, you know, if you look at their Pro Football Focus grades, they're really good all across the board. And uh, you know, the last week the Vikings had a had a to. really good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's right. Uh, that's uh, Franklin Myers. Franklin Myers. But you last week uh, against the Patriots, the, the Kevin O'Connell had a much better game plan than he had against the Cowboys. Clearly, uh, there was a great focus on getting the, the ball out quickly uh, out of Kirk Cousins' hands and not. Uh, they had a great plan for Blake Brandle, not leaving him on island very much. They gave him help with running back and tight end uh, chips. Uh, they had Ezra Cleveland kind of shading his side a lot and helping him when he could, uh, and and it worked. Uh, but with the with the the Jets front seven, uh, my, again, I'm not so worried about the against the Patriots. Matthew Judon on the outside was my biggest worry. I think mm-hmm. he was the Vikings' biggest worry, but for the Jets. It's interior guys like well, Williams. Well, it's, it's across the,
1: the board. They've got a cross and Bryce, Brian, Brian Huff. That is, yeah, damn good too. So, and
0: yeah. You cannot, so it's it's one thing to help one guy in the offensive line, but you can't help all five. Right. <laughs> and so, like, how is Ezra Cleveland going to fare fare against these big guys in the interior? How's Ed Ingram, in the, who's mm-hmm. given up the most pressures of any offensive lineman in the NFL, I believe, how is he going to fare? Uh, at some point, those guys have to win or at least have a stalemate in their one-on-one battles up front the majority of the day. And if they don't do that, then the Vikings are going to, be in a lot of trouble, just like they were against the Cowboys, where it's just constant pressure on Cousins. Cousins doesn't, even if he gets it, rid of it quick, he's going to be under duress. Uh, and that's not a great situation for any offense uh, and not a great situation for the Vikings offense. But again, Kevin O'Connell had a got, found a game plan that worked last week mm-hmm. and minimized some of the pressure that the Patriots uh, defense could, uh, pr- could get on Kirk Cousins. And uh, I have faith that he can come up with a good game plan this week against the Jets and find something where our offense functions well and works well. And like you you were talking about, like the middle of our defense between the linebackers and the safeties is an area that quarterbacks are exploiting. Well, the weakness of the Jets defense is the linebackers and their safeties. Like mm-hmm. CJ Mosley, Quan Alexander, if the Vikings can find a way to exploit that, complete mm-hmm. passes in that soft middle area, uh, I think, you know, that's going to be uh, pretty important. I think we should look right. for that, and, and, and that's where TJ Hawkinson. for crossers,
1: one high, one low. Yeah. And for Kirk to take whichever one's open.
0: And I think that's where uh, TJ Hawkinson – that's an area where he might be occupying a lot, and uh, I expect that he'll be pretty busy tomorrow. And even though the Jets do very, you know, great job on tight ends, according to the stats that you were giving, mm-hmm. uh, T.J. Hawkinson is not, uh, not you're just your everyday target. tight end. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And uh, G.Mac, you said uh, ready for Forklift Bradbury. There is tomorrow. I'm very much looking forward to that because we know Bradley's or Bradbury's improved this season. He's playing better than he ever has. We know that that was always his kryptonite. He would literally be picked up and pushed back. And if a guy can pick you up and you don't have your feet on the ground, you're not stopping him because he's carrying you. I'm looking forward to tomorrow to look at that matchup in particular to see how much his improvement is. As I've said before, Parts of that is technique. He gets himself in bad techniques, and he can be lifted up. If he's a good technique in the right position, he won't let that defender in close enough to lift him up, and he can defeat him that way. We'll watch tomorrow, see if that happens. You and I can talk about it after the game even.
0: I uh, Yes, the uh, for this game too, I think that um, for the Vikings particularly – Offensively, um, there's. I, I think that this game to me, it, it feels like it's going to be kind of similar to the Washington game, where I think that you're, you're going to have. Uh, Two te- uh, you know, uh, not a really a high-scoring game. That that game, the Washington game, was a 2017 game. Both offenses kind of struggled getting long sus- sustained – consistently getting long sustained drives. Uh, and uh, I kind of feel like this one could be pretty similar. It's going to be a bit of a, a – not a pretty game to watch in – you know, if you love offenses, it's going to be a bit of a slugfest and, uh, and, uh, but, uh, and going to be close again. Uh, the, I guess the question is, and, and again, uh, in those close games, if the Vikings come out on the positive end of the turnovers of the battle, uh, then that's one of the things that could tip the game in our favor. Um, and uh, I'd, I'd love for uh, the Vikings to win by 14 or more points. Uh, somebody had commented where they felt that tomorrow was going to be that game. I don't I feel see. that way, but, but, uh, but, but I do feel that most likely not.
1: I mean, Vikings are only favored by three. So that's – Yes. If you throw it on a neutral field, that's relatively even. But it's not on a neutral field. It's in U.S. Bank Stadium. The fans there do make a difference. You know, they can't hear me yelling at the TV. They can't hear Mary yelling at the TV. Her neighbors can, but they can't. But the players can hear everybody in that stadium, and they greatly, greatly appreciate it because it gives you extra energy. If you've ever played the game and had fans in the stands, whether it's high school or above, and hear that cheering, you feed off of that. You feed off of that, you play better. And hopefully, instead of that 2017 game, which is basically what they're calling for, a little bit more points-wise because it's 44 and a half, um so you're looking 2320 you know something like at 2721 um it's you can get better you can do that you can make enough noise to throw off the offense to throw off mike white right have him throw another pick and only this time the pick is picked and it's taken to the house And certain things like that can get going and it can snowball. And that's what we're looking for tomorrow is that big-ass snowball effect. That, and it's cold as shit in Minneapolis right now. And people from New York, even though they know how to deal with cold, nobody likes cold. Have them come in there and bitch and complain about how cold it is outside. And uh, maybe they want to go home early. Let's make it that way. Yeah, and
0: I don't know. Um, it would be nice if the Vikings run the ball effectively tomorrow as well. That'd they nice didn't to. do it. Do, they didn't do it at all against uh, New England, and uh, they did run the ball pretty well against the Cowboys. But it didn't matter because <laughs> we were down by three touchdowns before you could snap a finger. But, 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 but yeah, like interesting game t- tomorrow where you've got uh, a real stout defense. Um, Something to be worried about, but again, the Vikings have faced strong defenses for four straight weeks now, and uh, they performed, you know, you know, pretty well, except for,
1: except for you know Dallas. the
0: Dallas game was just the Dallas game was just horrible on all levels, uh, not offensively, defensively, special teams. So, but otherwise, you know, the the Vikings have they're used to this now and uh, i don't think that the, the jets defense uh they got a game plan for them you you, you know they got some very good players that you got to be concerned about but i don't think the vikings are scared at all about what they're facing uh, this is just another challenge for them and um and they got to find a way in the game plan to to you know uh, rise to that challenge and be successful in it
1: well that brings us to the point in the show where i want to add something uh, a little bit special Mm-hmm. Friend of the show, friend of mine, Scott Big Gun, Admiral Big Gun, Backstrom, every year does a charity drive for Special Olympics in Minnesota. The Daily Norseman gets together when it gets closer to the time, which will be in January or February. They jump in the lake on February 4th, is when it's scheduled. It's a polar plunge into Otter Tail Lake. Scott has done this for many years. He's hoping to raise $3,000 under his name. uh, The link for where to donate, if, if you are so inclined, will be included in the show notes. It is there. If you have that generous feeling and want to help Special Olympics Minnesota, it is there. He does this every year. I joke to him about what are you trying to do? See how far your testicles suck up into yourself because that water is ice cold. Uh, But it's a Norse thing, and I I can't be with that with a stick. He does it. It's for a good cause. All the money, all the money goes to Special Olympics. And if you're wishing to partake before the year's out for tax purposes, because it is tax deductible, by all means, you can do that. But I wanted to plug that for him before we head off for the end of the show. And uh, yeah, G-Mac, I would think so. I've been in ice-cold water before, and uh, eh, you have a shrinkage problem. So um, <laughs> it's not for me, but if, by all means, he can do it. And he, and he's done it for years. Like I said, they raise, they raise a good amount of money for special teams, and that is something that's near and dear to his heart. So I just wanted to plug it. You'll see it again, and you'll see it across Daily Norseman when the time gets a little bit closer. But he has just started his effort, and he would appreciate if you're in a giving mood. And he knows times are tight; that uh, you give a buck or two, he'd appreciate that. So that's it for today. We've got through the game. I haven't lost my voice yet, which is awesome. What's your prediction for tomorrow? Twenty seventeen, like you're saying.
0: No, I'm uh, I'm going to go with uh 24 21 for Vikings. Okay. I I I'm uh, like I said, I don't have a great feeling about it, but the, the Vikes have found a way to win uh 9 times out of 11 so far this year. Uh they're at home. Uh I have uh, you know, I'm not sold on Mike White obviously. Uh and uh so yeah, though I think that and the Vikings are, both teams are motivated. They got a lot to play for, but. Uh, both are
1: playing for the playoffs. Yep.
0: Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're nine and two. This is a game that, you know, a nine and two team has got to win mm-hmm. uh, and should win. Um, even, even though even if you're playing against a defense as good as the Jets have. Um, last week, uh, you got Justin Jefferson and if, and if he's flying around, uh, you always got a chance. As long as the defense as long as the defense stops the jets a little bit, I'm not, I'm not expecting them to, to you know hang up uh, you know create three and outs uh, six or seven times in a row, although that'd be nice but uh, you know they they cannot you know just stop them from scoring you know three or three or four drives. <laughs> that might be all, all that's necessary, right
1: Well Purple Hayes has 20 to 10. I think they will win by over a touchdown myself. Um, I'm hoping they score. The traditional over 30 points. So, I'm thinking it's more like 30-20, but uh, they're going to win by over a touchdown. That's my, my figuring. And they go, they play. The one thing we forgot to say, they play at noon. And you know noon and Kirk Cousins, that's when he turns into Superman. So, there's no way they're going to lose because Kirk Cousins at noon is unbeatable. So, let's See the Vikings win tomorrow. And you can join us on Climb in the Pocket. We have the final score where we go live in the final two minutes. We have myself, Jason Brown, Matt Anderson. We have Jonas Stark from CTP Germany is in town. He will be at the game. Hopefully he hops on for a little guest appearance. We shall see. Uh, If not, he's hopefully going to be with us Wednesday when we have Vikings happy hour. Live from Lake Monster Brewing. But again, tomorrow in the final two minutes, we'll go live with the final score. Any last words there, Darren? Oh, I like that one. 26-20, Yeah,
0: that'd be good. Yeah, well, I, I believe Correct. Jets are four and one on the road on the road this year, so that they have been a good road team this year, uh, as well as being just a good team overall. Yes, that would be that is what I am hoping to see as well. So another another big test for the Vikings. Let's hope they pass it. Uh, and you know what we always say at the end of the shows, Dave? Mm-hmm.
1: Skull Vikings! Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, the Daily Norsemen, where the best vikings content can be found and to lake monster brewing home of the best beer in minnesota skol everybody